Coming up, what an excellent day for... Oops, all bonus episodes. Oh, not again. Oh, somebody get the wet floor sign. <laughs> Clean up on aisle three. And four. And four. And five. We're going to need a bigger... Uh, bonus episode. Bonus episode. <laughs> well, howdy, folks, and welcome to another episode of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we normally examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist Minute by Terrifying Minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we are still your holy guides on this journey through, whoops, all bonus episodes. Oopsie. Oopsie. (laughs) What's that game? Oh, no, no. The game is Sorry, right? Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, it's really obnoxious. (laughs) It's a game that encourages your kids to be little shits. (laughs) Wait, isn't there isn't there another like trouble? Yeah, right? trouble. You just like oh yeah, but the you getting yeah you don't you don't purposely try to try to screw people over in trouble. But yeah, but like the the, the fun of it is you know then you know then the mom who has everything together and she looks all nice and you know <laughs> perfect perfect uh, um, nuclear family right she mm-hmm. she leans in she's like what are you kids doing and they get they get to turn around and say <laughs> getting into trouble. <laughs> I really don't understand you kids nowadays. I just yeah you know what I you know. <laughs> What are you kids doing? Committing tax fraud. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Summoning a demon. <laughs> all right. Yes. But yeah, we got the we got the whoops all bonus episodes as we stand in solidarity with the WGA and SAG after strikes. As you remember, folks, uh, we said that we we're going to be pausing our movie-centric episodes as we stand with the WGA and SAG after strikes. Um, and instead, we're going to be giving you these bonus episodes. And this, you're in luck, folks. This week, we are continuing our multi-part deep dive into the true story behind our book and movie, the, pos- the Possession and Exorcism of Robbie or Roland Doe, the event which inspired our old pal Bill Blatty to write his infamous book. We're glad you're back in here with us, folks. And I say multi-part episode because this story was too big to contain in one or even two episodes. So we're gonna we're gonna go beyond two, possibly three, possibly four. So this episode right here, the one that you're listening to, is gonna end on a cliffhanger. Mm, literally. Literally. Well, don't don't give that away yet. <laughs> Here in the next minute, we go beyond two. Beyond two. What's what's more than two? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> That's that new math. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah. So, Keenan, what do you remember about our last episode? Oh, the whole the whole thing. The whole the, the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. Uh, so, Robbie um, Robbie is mourning his aunt uh, Tilly. And mm-hmm. uh, the family has heard some scary noises. At mm-hmm. first, they're kind of um, all over the place. They're in grandma's room. And then they start to become in Robbie's room. Mm-hmm. And Robbie starts to have um, uh, more and more run-ins with some kind of poltergeist force. He mm-hmm. is then brought to the Lutheran priest of the family. And mm-hmm. the Lutheran priest is watching him a little bit and says, I need help from the Catholics. Yes, send in the and, Catholics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is that about where we left off? That is about, yeah. We, well, we went to uh, our first Catholic priest, right? right. Father mm-hmm. Father Hughes, right? Oh, yes. Yes. And uh, by, depending on which account you want to follow, he either went to the archbishop. So so he investigated uh, mm-hmm. Robbie's case. He went to the family and he, um, you know, he, uh, he 
he checked in with them. Uh, and then he either went to the archbishop and the archbishop said, yeah, you got to, there, there's got to be an exorcism. You're mm-hmm. the guy to do it, Father Hughes. You're and the you're, exorcist now. You're, yeah. And you're, and by the way, have you lost weight? And you're so handsome. <laughs> And uh, you know, I swear that was the account, right? So that's that's one of the accounts, right? Mm-hmm. Father Hughes, wow, you just you're just so good at fighting and um, and 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 winning the ladies over, but you can't mm-hmm. do anything about that because you're a priest. Um, <laughs> so that's one account, right? And then the other account uh, is that Father Hughes went to the Archbishop. The Archbishop said uh, no, mm-hmm. and Father Hughes was like, "Ah, screw it! I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go rogue, and I'm gonna be." The, uh, the the exorcist for this boy, and I'm going to do the exorcism myself, right? Against the church. Yeah, that's why I have trouble believing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. In that one, he's also like handsome and good with the ladies, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the real I father he was, I'm sure, was real handsome. And, I'm and sure, good I'm guy. sure, right? Yeah. Was. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, uh, that's for later. Um, but yeah. The fingers all over this place here. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and so, yeah, right. Um, he's, he's going to do this, this exorcism himself, right at the hospital. Uh, but not just any hospital, Keenan, mm-hmm. he's going to do it at Georgetown university hospital. Oh boy. Well, that's a familiar place for us. I would that say. That is, Yes. Right. So, yeah. So they got Robbie at Georgetown U, right. He's, he's tied to a hospital bed and father Hughes is doing the exorcism and Robbie is thrashing and cursing and shouting, sometimes shouting in Latin. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe this is the instance where, According to our records, Robbie says to Father Hughes, oh, priest of Christ, you know that I am the devil. Why do you keep bothering me? Mm-hmm. Right? In Latin. Right? Now, Keenan, Mr. Doubting Keenan, Mr. Apostle Doubting Keenan, <laughs> uh-huh. who, who I know what you're going to say. Oh, you do? <laughs> yes. You're going to be like, oh, well, he knows Latin because, because you know, he goes to church and he hears the, the priests like, you know, you know, right, right. But when was the last time that you went to church and the priest said, oh, priest of Christ, you know that I am the devil. Why do you keep bothering? How was he able to say that? Huh? Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we'd have to. So that one, okay, that one I don't have an answer for necessarily, mm. except without impugning the memory of these people who were doing their best, which is something right. I, I will try not to do here. Mm. Okay, all right. Because I think these priests were trying to do their best, and I don't, I don't want to. My real answer, <laughs> my real answer is that he didn't say that, and that they misremembered or they heard mm. what they wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't want to do that too often because you know they were trying their best. They were trying to help this little boy. Yeah. And it was a very stressful situation. Mm-hmm. And you know, and they they say they if they say they heard that, uh, you know, yeah, that is one thing. Yeah. Now I hope that mm-hmm. this is actually where that little anecdotal story happened. Um, mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't happen a little bit later. Again, folks, okay. we're 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 looking at like all these different accounts, so um, we might have we might have mixed up the order of some things, or mm-hmm. uh, the order might be mixed up in in some of these accounts. But uh, right. yeah. But but I do remember that like he was able to say in Latin to mm-hmm. a priest. I'm thinking it's Father Hughes. Um, oh, priest of Christ, you know that I am the devil. Why do you why do you keep bothering me? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So so there you go. Um, so yeah. So like they're they're in the midst of it, right? They are they are performing this exorcism, right? Father Hughes is uh, is is uh, exorcising Robbie, and just as he is reaching the climax of the ceremony. Robbie somehow manages to free one of his hands, which then snakes under the bed and dislodges a bedspring with which 
he then somehow manages to slash Father Hughes's left arm with from shoulder to wrist. This injury would later require more than a hundred stitches. After this, Father Hughes does not come back. Mm. He's okay. I mean, like, like he, you know, he. Well, no, he's not okay. He, he needs a hundred stitches. But I mean, like, he doesn't. He, he doesn't come back to help Robbie. Is what mm-hmm. I mean. Right, right. He yeah. he then confides to Father Bober that deep down. He hadn't really believed in the devil until mm-hmm. that moment when his faith had been tested and he had been found lacking. Mm-hmm. So after this failed exorcism, Robbie is released from the hospital. He goes back home. The family is at a loss. What do they do now? Now, the answer comes to them one morning when Robbie's mother hears screaming from the bathroom. She comes in to find Robbie staring horrified at the mirror, and she can see, written across Robbie's chest in bloody scratch marks, the word Lewis. Mm-hmm. Now, Robbie's mother takes this to mean St. Louis. She and the father had actually been talking about going to St. Louis to live with some relatives, but... They had never told Robbie that. In some accounts, she asks for clarification. I don't know if, if she's asking Robbie or the you know <laughs> the writer of these of these scratches, uh-huh. right? It was like, do you mean St. Louis? And she is answered by more scratches mm-hmm. in the form of the word yes. Right. So the family quickly packs up and gets on a train to St. Louis. Which is where Aunt Tilly was was living, right? Um, I don't think so. Are you sure? And and Tilly is gone by now. Right. Yes. Oh, she's from St. Louis. Oh, she might be. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah, you, you you might be right about that. Yeah. Um yeah. I can't she remember. She died exactly. in St. Louis, right? She died. Oh, she died in mm-hmm. St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Keenan, I don't understand this part. Mm-hmm. Why are they listening to the scratchings? <laughs> Why are they taking? Can, why are they treating their son's possession like a um, a magic eight ball? Should we? <laughs> Don't say it like that. <laughs> that's what, that's what's happening, right? She's just standing there shaking. It's like, should we go to St. Louis? Should we go to St. Louis and then we wait until some until something comes up on the board? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly probable. what that is. <laughs> Right. My sources say no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this poor kid. Yeah, oh gosh. Yeah. I think <laughs> right. I think I think we found the, the source of his trauma. Um <laughs> Right, but that's a very good question. Why why are they listening to that? I, I mean, mean my so, question so Why oh, are they Oh sorry, sorry. Like so so it's like it it's it seems weird either way. It's like why mm. are they listening to this disturbed child's mm-hmm. like like delusions or right. why are they listening to the devil? <laughs> St. Louis. You, oh, let's go to St. Louis. But yeah, I mean, like, so when when you heard about this this part, like, didn't you find it strange? Well, I guess I was being too skeptical and, and you know, and my first question was, like, what do you mean the son didn't hear you? Should we go to St. Louis? Like, you're living in this house together. Like, that mm-hmm. seems like really, I mean, I understand that parents do that they assume that that the kids don't hear their arguments or whatever and often yeah. they do yeah um but when it's that high stakes and it's <laughs> and like every every conversation that you have is being answered by your son's skin like mm-hmm. you know maybe you start having your conversations about things in some other house mm-hmm. yeah yeah no it does like like that was one thing that they wanted to say it's like no 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 we promise we never told robbie about this it's right. like 
you know, sound travels as, as we know, <laughs> right? We know, right? Yeah. It, like I, I can just see, you know, Robbie, you know, listening at the door mm. while they're, they're like, what do we do? Of I don't course. know. We should go to St. Louis, you know, like right. that seems, that seems very, it, it, it doesn't seem so supernatural, you know, that, um, that, that, I don't know, you know, like, Hey, what, Hey, we never know. We weren't so there. supernatural that, is, that their son has the, the, the sense of hearing <laughs> the, the, the special sense of being able to listen yeah, yeah. to the parents down the hall. I mean, yeah, that, that is a, that is a, an odd part of it. Um, but then, I, okay, let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's get into the devil's mind. <laughs> okay. Why does he want to go to St. Louis? <laughs> There is no. I'm trying to put. See, see, this is the problem, folks. When when we're dealing with a real event, yes, I'm trying to make these these into characters right. with believable motivations, right? You know, and 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 I'm like, okay, what, what's the devil's plan here? He wants to see the world's fair, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> right. So yeah, why does the devil want to go to St. Louis? Why and do why they? Why does the family listen to him? Want to fulfill the devil's bucket list? Of going mm. to St. Louis. Yeah, that's a yeah. very good question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I want to read from this diary that we have, which is from Father Bishop, who comes into the story a little bit later. Yes. right. Um, so he's reporting the background. So this is the closest thing we have to someone who's making notes of the case at the time. But mm. even then, it's a little bit telephone gamey. It's Father Bishop explaining what the family um, what the family reported before the Catholics even got involved. Yes. So, so, so actually, yeah, just to clarify. So, mm-hmm. so Keenan is saying... We're going to meet Father Bishop later. Yes. And he is going to be instructed to begin a, a day-to-day account. Right. But then he has also, like, written accounts of the stuff that has happened before, I'm guessing uh, by by word of the parents? Right. Okay. All right. So, unfortunately, I mean, this is one of the reasons that I have such skepticism, is that in the opening of this this. Diary from Father Bishop. I mean, this is what <laughs> this is what we're saying. <laughs> Since the mother is a, sa- a native Saint Louisian, she thought of leaving <laughs> her home and taking the boy to Saint Louis in order to avoid some of the strange manifestations. It <laughs> seems that whatever force is right in the words was in favor of making the trip to Saint Louis. On one evening, the word Louis was written on the boy's ribs in deep red. Next, <laughs> when there was some question of the time of departure, the word said Saturday, <laughs> which was written plainly on the boy's hip. As to the length of time the boy should stay in St. Louis, another message printed on the boy's chest three and one half weeks. The printing okay. always appeared without any motion on the part of the boy's hands. The mother was keeping him under close supervision. There mm. seemed to be a sharp pain when the marks occurred, so the boy doubled up and uttered a rather terrifying sound. Uh, the mm. markings could not have been done by the boy for the added reason that on one occasion there was writing on his back. Even in St. Louis, I'm kind of skipping ahead, unfortunately, okay. to your story here. <laughs> Even in St. Louis, the writing continued. Mm-hmm. There was some question of sending Robbie to school during his visit there, but the message no appeared on his wrists. Also a large N on both legs. The mother feared disobeying this order to not send Robbie to school. No, don't send Robbie to school. <laughs> so, so unfortunately no, for me. That would be very bad if you don't. He also doesn't have to do any homework. <laughs> right, right. He doesn't have to mow the lawn. And he gets dessert every night. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. I mean, I, I don't know how to unread this, this paragraph. <laughs> That's at the beginning well, of this diary. When I read it, like what the words that are written on this page. So See, obviously, folks, I'm trying to give you the book of Blatty. I had all these all these diary accounts for when we get to Father Bishop. I got some some sure. stuff here, but there's some really compelling stuff. So again, I don't have an I don't have an answer for what Father Bishop says. Sometimes the the words um, happen on his back in places he couldn't be writing. Right. Yeah. I don't have an answer for that, but yeah. I do have an answer that this demon who is giving them advice is saying that that the, they should keep the boy away for 
um, that you keep up the boy away from his homeschool for three and a half weeks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which would put you into mid March. Mm-hmm. So you're missing, and then, yeah, you're missing a whole month of school essentially. Yeah. And then when they're like, "Oh, Robbie's missing all this school. Should we send him to school?" <laughs> the devil says no. <laughs> I specifically kept that part out. <laughs> Because it's the beginning. Even I, it's the beginning even, of the story. Even I cannot read that and not chuckle just a little bit. <laughs> That's the Can beginning I'm, of the we're, historical we're talking, document. We're talking, we about, we're talking about the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> he doesn't like The school. fallen angel, Lucifer Morningstar. Right. He, he learns has, by doing more than being a test. Doesn't like being a test. If we should send this kid to school, <laughs> and he says, in in his in his in his his eons right. of wisdom and and terribleness, no school. <laughs> right. So, anyways, that's that's where I'm coming from. Because this is the closest thing we have. And egos for breakfast. <laughs> Robbie's curfew is now 11 p.m. What does devil have to drink? Oh, water. Not the purple stuff. Purple stuff. (laughs) Oh, rad, Sunny D. All right, you, you, you're winning me over, Keenan. No, 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 no. I, I think it's important to go through this story. Yes. And again, Blatty didn't have access to to all of this when he was hearing the story. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay. I got tears in my eyes because this is such a sad story. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it is pretty, I mean, it's terrible for the, uh, I mean, these parents who have to watch yes. their kid. Yes, yes. Yeah. Go through all of this. And oh, yeah, yeah. You like ask any parent, right? When when right. your kids, you know, home and, and misses a lot of school, right? <laughs> I'm a teacher. I know what it's like. Right. When when we when we stopped the uh, the 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 distance learning, and it was you mm-hmm. know we stopped the Zoom right when when COVID uh, restrictions mm-hmm. were were lifted, right? All the parents breathed a collective sigh of relief. <laughs> They're like, "Thank God, take our children." <laughs> yeah. So so in any case. Guys, um, f- for whatever reason, they listen to the scratchings, mm, right? And right. they go to St. Louis. Um, so, um, and also, you know, we're not being fair. Another reason for moving is that they have the notion that packing up and moving will solve the problem. Maybe, maybe it's the house, right? Maybe, maybe it's the area. And so, yeah, they go and they live with a relative in St. Louis, a, a cousin, I believe, in some mm-hmm. accounts, right? Um, although I believe that house is also... Um, there's, there's more than one person in that house. It could be like numerous cousins. It could be, uh it's, it's another family basically, right. right? Related to them. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. But so pretty soon it becomes clear that moving has not helped. Um, all the stuff that was happening in the old house is happening here in the cousin's house, Mm -hmm. right? To the point where the cousin actually comes to the parents and, uh, says that she wants to talk to a priest about Mm -hmm. Robbie. Um, question, Mm -hmm. Keenan, you have cousins. Lots of cousins. I have cousins. Mm -hmm. If one of our cousins called you out of the blue and said, hey, our kid is acting weird, (laughs) might be possessed. Can we stay with you for a while? Mm -hmm. Oh, what's that? You say, why did we choose you? Oh, because the bloody scratch marks (laughs) 
told us. <laughs> there was a K on it. So we said, all right. Yep, there we go. But yes, it, it would depend on which cousins <laughs> were asking me, I would say. Most of them like, absolutely, come on. It would depend in. on what? On the cousin. Yeah. <laughs> so, but most of them you would say yes? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, you're very, yeah, very. Definitely, these are your cousins. Absolutely. Oh, opening, you, opening your arms, opening your doors. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. I, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Well, yeah. Any any of the cousins who do listen to your show, uh-huh, you uh-huh. would take in, right? It's the cousins of course. who don't listen to your yes. show. Yes, it's those cousins who don't who didn't leave <laughs> five star reviews. <laughs> Them, I'd be like, no, no. You know, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Right? Sorry, sorry. Whoops. <laughs> All possessions. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so mom and dad agree, and so this cousin oh, <laughs> agree to what? Like we we're, we're like like five minutes away from that. Thing. Um, <laughs> the cousin wants to talk to a priest about Robbie, and mom and dad agree, mm-hmm. right? right? And so this cousin goes to her teacher, a professor at St. Louis University. Mm-hmm. And it was here that I was gonna like do another shout out to the university athletic team. You know, oh, it, was, yeah, sure. it, was, it was like like Go Hoyas, right? Uh, with Georgetown, right? right? Oh no, wait, wait. We actually that's in an episode that hasn't come out yet. Oh, damn gosh. it! It's the alternate time. No, okay, okay. <laughs> well, guys, just just know that we're speaking to you from the future about a joke that we made in the past but which is still in the future for you. <laughs> Just trust us when we say we make a very funny joke mm-hmm. about expositional dialogue in which whenever someone says the name of Georgetown University, they also have to say, go Hoyas, <laughs> right? Because right. that's the sports team, right? <laughs> it's going to be really funny. Trust us. This is a running so, joke, a running backwards joke. Yes, this is, this is a callback <laughs> to a joke that you have never heard. This is the joke you've never heard, right? T-J-Y- and Uh-oh. no tjy and h yes <laughs> right because it because it was it was right here that i stopped to i wanted to do the same thing for st louis university uh-huh. right so i stopped to to look up the name of the team of st louis oh, u yeah. i don't know what that is and keenan mm-hmm. i ended up finding more than i bargained for <laughs> I'm pretty sure we can close this case. I think we found our demon. Oh, okay, okay. So, so Keenan, I want uh, I want uh, you to type in either St. Louis mascot, St. <laughs> Louis University mascot, okay. or St. Louis sports teams. Because it doesn't matter. It's the same word. There is only one. <laughs> oh god! And tell me what you see. <laughs> it's a, it's a little devil guy. It's <laughs> like a it's like an ice demon. Yeah, right. Like it's a <laughs> it's it's a it's a pale white face. <laughs> He's, he's really mischievous looking. Really mischievous looking. They they have like a um uh a, a, um they they have variations like an evolution mm-hmm. of of this guy's costume oh, I see as that, it yeah. goes. And one of them looks like a straight up albino bat. Right. I see him now. He's cute. Yeah. Yeah. That that one, folks. If you can believe it, that one's the least scary one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so folks, just a little explanation. Um. So this guy this guy is a billikin. I mm-hmm. think I think his name is like like. Buddy, which doesn't okay. make any sense. It should be Billy. <laughs> Billy Billiken, right? It's right? B-I-L-L-I-K-E-N. Yes, right? So if you want to Google that on your own. Now, unless I'm mistaken, it appears to be a modern-ish American invention. I was mm. very scared for a second. I thought it might be like some culturally appropriated thing. Mm-hmm. Or, or even like, like, <laughs> like, like the, the earliest, earliest one definitely mm-hmm. looks like, right? Or even worse, some kind of like racial caricature, right? right? Mm-hmm. But no, it's just a Billiken. Um, what is a billikin, you say? 
Nobody knows. Well, I guess I guess everyone in, in St. Louis knows, right? Mm-hmm. But like, there's no ancient lore. It's a relatively modern invention. It's like it's like a Hobbit or a Gremlin, mm-hmm. right? Which those are those are like relatively modern things, right? right? You know about you know about like Gremlins, right? Yeah, like they they go into machinery and they take things apart. Yeah, yeah. You know how you know how they were like invented? Um, oh, I don't think so. So it, this was during World War II, mm-hmm. and uh, the planes uh, were not doing too well, mm-hmm. right? Um, because like this was a first in the world, right? right. Like we're, we're like the world is it? Well, no, I guess it's World War II, so it's not a first. <laughs> no, but we're like sorry. Building, let me like, let me take all that back. No. <laughs> we're building like twenty planes a day or something, and putting exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, fast, we're yeah. building all these planes. We're in right. a rush, right? right? And sometimes the planes, um, you know. Uh, run up against mechanical mm-hmm. problems in the sky, right? So, so we got planes falling out of the sky, mm-hmm. and so these these people who are making the planes, right? They're 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 devastated, right? And it's mm-hmm. really lowering morale. It's like I am responsible for these these people dying, and so the invention of the gremlins is like, oh, no, 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 buddy, it's not you, mm-hmm. it's the gremlins, uh-huh. and people are like, what, what, what what's the gremlins? Like, oh, wow, you know, you know, uh, the enemy is is planting gremlins in our machinery, mm-hmm. and what they're doing is, you're doing a great job, you're making those planes, you're making those guns, you're doing, you're doing a, a spectacular, but right. these little gremlins get in and they mess up the machinery, mm-hmm. right? And so I just thought that was really, really interesting, the invention, because it was invented like relatively. Uh, recently, right? Mm-hmm. You think of like grim. Oh yeah, gremlins, right? Gremlins and elves and fairies and goblins and and leprechauns, right? They're all of the same ilk, right? They're right. cut from the mm-hmm. same cloth. But no, gremlins are very new. That's right? interesting. Yeah, you think they're all little gnomes or elfin characters, and they come. Mm-hmm, they're, mm-hmm. they're ancient. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently the same goes for billikins, right? Mm-hmm. Billikins are were invented uh, by uh, this lady in St. Louis, and mm-hmm. uh, as a, as a good luck, he's the, he's the god of um, things as they ought to be. <laughs> that that doesn't sound right. Uh, Ominous <laughs> yeah. at all. Right. Things as they ought to be, like no school in the month of March. No school, <laughs> says Billy Billiken. <laughs> also, go Billikens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, that would have been a dead giveaway. <laughs> he didn't do that. Right. And yeah, so Keenan, all I'm saying is after I saw what that mascot looks like, it is going to be very hard for me not to imagine that this is the guy inside our boy Robbie, mm-hmm. right? Not the devil, but a devil. And his name is Captain Billy. Right? <laughs> Captain Billy, that's not very nice. No. <laughs> but yeah, so 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 they go to St. Louis U. Uh, go Billikens. Go, go Billikens, yep. <laughs> and I think... I think this got lost in the in the the, the Billy trap, but St. <laughs> Louis U is a Jesuit university, right? Mm-hmm. So we're back with the Jesuits again. <laughs> ah, it's like we never left, right? And the, the, the familiar scent in the air, right? <laughs> of 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 incense and like science and old books <laughs> and old books, right? <laughs> old just 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 woke holiness. No, I don't know. <laughs> It was before woke was a thing, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. So yeah, it's a Jesuit before university. The, before woke was invented by the devil in 1998. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. Oh, I'm gonna go start a metal band. <laughs> I'm gonna invent this game called Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> It'll be so cool that everyone will gravitate towards it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is actually very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Where was I? 
yeah, go Billikins, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we're back to the Jesuits again, right? And so this cousin um, goes to seek the help of her professor, Father Bishop, which is not a confusing name at all. <laughs> he is a Jesuit professor who is a priest whose name is Bishop. Right. It's an um, aptonym. That's what they call a, that. A what? An aptonym. Like if you're a banker whose name was uh, Joey Cash. <laughs> really? Yeah, an aptonym. I just learned something today, folks. <laughs> an aptonym. Yes. Wait, how do you spell that? A-P-T, O-N-I-M. Uh-huh. Like it's very aptonym. apt. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's very, oh, that, right. Yeah, you that have a very apt sense. name. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, did you know, I, I just found out. Mm. Um, do you know the patron saint of headaches? <laughs> no. Saint Aspirin. No, that's not true. That is absolutely true. <laughs> Stop it. That is absolutely true. But it's it's spelled differently. Uh-huh. It's it's spelled. He had nothing to do with headaches. <laughs> but his he he's actually supposed to be like like you know officially he's the patron saint of like other things. Uh-huh. But people were like, hey, aspirin, and so the church is like, yeah. all right, fine. Let's make, let's make it easier. We're working too hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah, and, and folks, I'm listening to um, that other podcast, Apocrypals, mm-hmm. and I just got done listening to um, the story of uh, Saint Thecla. Um, is it Thecla or Tecla? Um, but like this, this like uh, like awesome lady in the Bible that is not. Uh, um, it's not in the. It's in the apocryphal texts, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not. You know, it's not normally talked about. But she is like her story is awesome. Like check out Saint Tecla. It's T H E C L A. But Apparently, because her name sounds like the, uh, I think I think it might be uh, the Spanish word for keyboard. Mm-hmm. She is uh, just unintentionally the saint for computers. Oh, great! Right, even though she should be the saint <laughs> of like you know strong, independent, badass uh, women. Mm-hmm. Um, also, computers, <laughs> because her name sounds like keyboard in, right. in a language. So. Yeah. There you go. An aptonym. Mm-hmm. An aptonym, right? So that'd be like a like a teacher named uh Mr. Mr. Lecture. Mr. Lecture. <laughs> that is that is very close to my name already. <laughs> Five more minutes, Mr. Actor. No. <laughs> right. If you were a um a marine biologist and uh-huh. your name was like um uh Dr. Dr. Ray. <laughs> Dr. Ray Paging doctor I lost another patient Paging doctor I lost another patient Oh damn my apt name (laughs) Mr. Murderer I sentence you No it was like Now your honor My client Mr. Murderer Guilty Guilty no, no, no. That's Mr. Guilty. He's the next case. Oh, jeez. There we go. There we go. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so. So Bishop agrees. Ex- oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're back to yeah Jesuits again. Yeah. So Father, Father. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Father Bishop is an aptonym. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, that's really cool. Uh, so uh, yeah. So um, and apparently he's also very hard to get a hold of because he's always like walking diagonally. Uh, no. <laughs> Father Bishop, Father Bishop, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> it's too late. I'll catch you on the way back. <laughs> gotta go to mass. Gotta go to class. 
<laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, so Bishop agrees, right? He is going to help. And so he teams up with his friend, an older priest, because you know how these things got to go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this older priest is named Father William Bowdern. Right. right. Um, so keep those two names in your minds, folks. We got Father Raymond Bishop and Father William Bowdern. Right. And Billy Billiken. No. Um, <laughs> He's deep in there, yeah. And me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So they go and they visit Robbie and the family at home. And by all accounts, the strange phenomena is still going on in the house, right? Like seemingly centered around Robbie. Robbie himself has now turned violent, reacting with anger to any sort of religious iconography. Holy relics brought by the priests are flung across the room by unseen hands. They make several visits to the house over the course of several days, but they find nothing to explain either the phenomena or Robbie's behavior. Finally, on March 15th, which our Shakespeare friends know is a pretty significant time, Father Bowdern goes to his superior, Archbishop Ritter. Reports indicate he came and knocked on his door. He'd been waiting for him. No. no. Oh my god. <laughs> it was it was very confusing. On and on and. <laughs> He, he, he was living with two nuns at the time, but he was pretending to be a Lutheran minister? It was bananas. They had to hide from what? The, the landlord? <laughs> the landlord of the church. <laughs> Mr. So and God. Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Poper instead of Roper. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Poper? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm Chrissy! Very, very uh, mad at myself that I'm on this show with you right now. <laughs> You're the one telling me to take this more seriously. This really happened. You say this no. is real. <laughs> unless, unless I think of, of, of really funny jokes. Yeah, then, those, yeah, it's just puns, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, folks, this is the benefit of hiding parts of my script. Um, so, no, 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 of course not. Right. That is silly. Who would do that? Um, so Archbishop Ritter. <laughs> Ritter. <laughs> I can't. Okay. So Archbishop Ritter agrees that this meets the requirements for an exorcism. And furthermore, he decides that it is Father Bowdern who will perform the exorcism, which does not please Father Bowdern. In some accounts, he is quoted as saying, oh my, oh my, what are you getting me into this for? Right? Um, I've got other things to do. <laughs> Don't we all, Father Bowdern? No. Um, Yeah, yeah. So he did not want to do this, right? Like, he did not volunteer, right? This was thrust upon him, right? Uh, But he accepts, right? Can't go against the church, Mm -hmm. Father Hughes. (laughs) So I like this. I like that. Um, So we've seen, like, documentaries and, like, uh, reenactments. There's some really cool podcasts about this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of them leave out that there is this initial team, right? That there was, like, this first group that go in and have um, with Father Hughes and and go in and try to do the exorcism first. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, They they wait until you get to Father Bowdern and his team. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So this is when Father Bishop starts uh, recording the events in Mm -hmm. that diary we were talking about, right? Um, Right. Which he he started at the request of Father Bowdern um, and which would record the events of the next six weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, It should be noted that Father Bowdern asked Father Bishop to do this because the bishop, the archbishop, uh, demanded that there be a day-to-day account of the exorcism. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, that is that is Archbishop Ritter. <laughs> Stop it. 
just just remember. <laughs> Why are there more? <laughs> no, I'm 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 stretching this out as much as I can because that's all we see of Archbishop Ritter anymore. Okay. Yeah. Um. So sad. Uh. So then Father Bowdern calls another. Jesuit, right? So he's getting the team together, right? right? He's bringing the team together, right? He calls on another Jesuit, uh, not yet a priest, but he is in training. This is the young man by the name of Walter Halloran. Right. And he is the only one that I could see that went on the record, like within the past 20, within the past like 70 years, right? Like we yes. see have him on camera saying this really happened to me. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've actually, so in, in the numerous documentaries that I've, that I've watched, he appears in, in two of them. Right. Yeah. Um, now, they so let me say it away. So he's the only yeah. one who was around, basically when, when who was go- going on the record when Blatty uh, was e- even writing this. Like, so, yes. so he is. He's the only one who went forward and said this. Yeah. Right. And he, so he gets kind mm-hmm. of um, he he kind of has a, uh, a a pretty crappy job in all of this. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Yes. Oh, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So so now like now. Father Bowdern knows this mm-hmm. guy uh, because apparently Halloran was Father Bowdern's driver. Uh-huh. Right? Um, and he would always say, please, call me Tommy or Louis or Mike. No. Um, no, no, no. He, he was Father Bowdern's driver sometimes and Father Bowdern wanted him mm-hmm. uh, basically as another body. Right. right? Like someone, someone to hold Robbie down if Robbie got too someone violent. Someone to be the closest to Robbie when Robbie <laughs> got violent. <laughs> Exactly. You know, um, <laughs> so I need you to be a human shield. I mean, I you need know, this, you. I need your faith. <laughs> I need your I need faith, faith, Walt. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I meant to say your face. I need your face <laughs> to be in the way of my face. Yes. <laughs> in case this boy comes a scratching. Because um, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm too, I'm too pretty. Uh, no. Uh, but yeah, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so he's, he's, um, he, he used to be Father Bowden's driver, mm-hmm. and he has graduated from being the driver to the muscle, <laughs> right? Or is that a graduation? Or is that a, is that a, yes. is that a D, uh, is that a, is that a D a motion? De- <laughs> yeah, it might be. Right? Muscle's a guy who's like, hey, boss, <laughs> you right. want I should uh, give him his last rites? <laughs> right. Hey, no many patres, spiritus sancti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the body and the blood. <laughs> so where is the body of Jesus? Ah, we didn't we didn't see nothing. <laughs> it's the mystery of faith, yeah. Now, don't be asking no more questions. I mean, maybe maybe you're gonna you're gonna ascend too, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, he made him a covenant he couldn't refuse, you know. Hey, uh, nice stations of the cross here. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to it. Hey, nice, uh, <laughs> nice door to this tomb here. <laughs> be a shame if somebody were to roll back this rock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice world here. It'd be be a shame if somebody ended it in fire and water <laughs> and righteousness. Yeah. Righteousness. Righteousness. Yeah, boss. You hear that, boss? I get you. <laughs> Sam, with some righteousness. Man, it's going to be pretty hard walking on water with some cement shoes. 
<laughs> Are you the king of the Jews? Yeah, what? You know. Yeah, who's asking? Who's asking? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm dying here. No. <laughs> We've we've gone from this was supposed to be a priest, <laughs> and now it's and now it's just Jesus. Right? Oh, sure thing, boss Noah. If you let me out of this ark, I'll find the land and report back to you. <laughs> Cain, where is your brother? Oh, hey, am I my, am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> Brother, who said I had a brother? Yeah, you know, I feel like I'm getting crucified over here. No, 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 that's that's not until later. Uh, yeah, these guys, what are they doing there? They're trying to build this tower. Let's 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 mix them up, make them speak all different languages. All right. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. You know. Forget about it. Forget. No, that was that's that's Genesis. That's that's. Ah, let there be light. Bada bing, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Now I gotta rest. Ay ay ay. She's. See, folks, take away our take away our foundation. <laughs> take take away our water, our training wheels, and look what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay, yeah. So, so we're back to, so Father Halloran is the driver, and now he's the muscle of this job, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So they they roll up to the house at ten thirty p.m. Right now, that's Bishop Bowdern and Halloran, right? And Halloran still doesn't know what is happening, right? Right. Which is the this is this is the thing. It's like according to Halloran, Bowdern uh, uh, came to him, and he's like. Like, like they, they were having dinner and it's like, I, I need you to drive me to a place, which this does sound like a gangster thing. <laughs> it's like, I need you. I need you to take me to a place. I don't need you. I don't, you can't ask any questions. Right. You just need to come with me to this place. Right? You don't need to know who's in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. So, so yeah. So he doesn't know mm-hmm. that they're going to go fight the devil maybe right. or mm-hmm. a regular boy. Um, so yeah, so now according to Halloran, they chat with the family for a while, mm-hmm. just just chatting, right? Like just getting to know each other. And in this account, Halloran says, and I'm going to quote it. This is this the quote starts, and he said, "Well, we better get down to business." Mm-hmm. But the way that he relates it, right? He says, "And he said, well, we better get down to business," uh-huh. right? That it's unclear who says that, mm-hmm. right? Like, did Bowdern or Bishop say, "Well, we better get down to business," mm-hmm. or was it Robbie? <laughs> Really? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, and, and I have looked, and I cannot find information or confirmation, sorry, in any of the other sources, mm-hmm. which is weird because that's a really crucial detail, folks. <laughs> I, well, I, I think. It can't be Robbie saying yeah. Well, no. I'm, okay, this is what I'm saying. Like, if it's one of the priests, mm-hmm. this seems like one of those accounts that we've seen where, like, an exorcism is sort of treated like a house call, uh, right? Right. Like in in places like in Rome, and you know, it's like mm-hmm. like you make you make small talk, and then and then you get down to business, right? And sometimes right. you 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 got to go back several times, right? Because the exorcism requires several visits, right? It's right. like a it's like a doctor, right? Right. But if Robbie is the one who said it, that has an implication that, frankly, actually can also go either way, right? You could read that as Robbie being so swept up in the fantasy mm-hmm. that he checks his watch and he's like, yep, 
getting about time for that exorcism, (laughs) right? Uh Or it could be the demon who we know is Billy Billiken, right? (laughs) Saying, yeah, let's do this, right? It's, it's, it, you know, in the, in the same way that like in our book, right? What an excellent day for an exorcism Uh is also confusing, right? So I really want to know who is the one who said, let's get down to business. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a very good point. Billy yeah. Billiken is like, I got a game tomorrow to be the mascot yeah. at. I got to get out of right? here. Our boys have been working really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And our girls, right? Mm-hmm. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So then they all go upstairs. Robbie lies down on the bed. Robbie is a, a willing participant uh, at this point. He yes. is not restrained. Right. right? So, and that's, that's something that they make clear. Like his hands are not tied. Right. Right. So they begin the exorcism, right? And as soon as they begin, a bottle of holy water flies across the room, Mm -hmm. right? The bed begins to violently rock back and forth, and scratches begin to appear on Robbie's body again, right? Now, of these markings, two show up again and again in numerous accounts, Mm -hmm. right? One is a picture of the devil, right? This is on Robbie's right leg, right? And then the word hell written across his chest, mm-hmm. right? I've also seen footage where Halloran says a caricature of the devil with horns, etc., appeared on Robbie's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like video footage of him saying this, right? Right. So I don't know if that's like a different picture of the devil or there's some confusion as to like where the devil showed up, right? right. Like if it's on his leg, if it's on his shoulder, whatever, right? Um, now, apparently like this, this devil... Um, like his his arms are upraised and it looks like they're they're like wings, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so. that sounds like a pretty hard drawing to create or to make out if it's the devil with mm. wings on someone's skin. It's one of those like Rorschach tests. That, like, what that do you is see? what I am arguing. Yes, if mm. it is a if it's a if it's a head like a smiley face head with horns mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, that's clear. I don't know if was that the kind of thing that was known in the 1940s because it's before we had the smiley face. Right. The smiley face is invented in the 70s. Well, it's before, it, we had smiles. We didn't have smiley face icons though. Okay, fine. <laughs> so yeah. like, so how, so what is this caricature of the devil look like? Yeah, is this something that, that like, oh, I say, oh, it's the devil and everyone else mm-hmm. goes, oh, that must be the devil, right? But yeah, now, you, now when you're describing a more intricate, like full body shot of the devil with wings, like mm-hmm. how does that appear on somebody? Um, right. That, that, that's harder like if if that was a clear picture, that'd be harder for Robbie to fake. Is part of what I'm mm, saying. And then gotcha. if it was genuine, that would be harder for for me. Like, how do you do that in outline? Right. Yeah. I I cannot help but think. I mean, like you know, whether whether I I'm you know uh, um, going on the you know um, uh, the skepticism mm-hmm. side or the other side. Like in my mind, I always literally just see a stick figure with horns. <laughs> right. It's like horns and no face. <laughs> and then they say his arms are raised up, and it's like okay, it's like little little bat wings. Uh-huh, right? right. And that's it. That's what I see. It's pretty hard to draw in a in a person. S- still pretty hard to draw in a person, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So and or on a on, thirteen like, year old boy's yeah calf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Without anybody seeing, right? Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So uh, there's that, right? And then also the words "hell," right? Yeah. Like written, written on his on his chest, right? Uh, so yeah. So so this goes on. The priests do, in fact, make several visits and perform the rite of exorcism several times mm-hmm. in the midst of violent fits, right. shouting and what has been uh, documented as fiendish laughter from right. Robbie. Um, now, I actually have a few readings from Father Bishop's diary. Do you want to do this or do you right. want me to do this? Oh, no, either one. What would you like? 
Okay, I'll, I'll jump in since okay. you did the last one. Okay. Yeah. So we have Thursday, March 17th. Fathers Bowden, Bishop, and Mr. Holleran. I like it's Mr. Holleran, right? Because right. he's not a, a, a priest yet, right? right? Yeah. Fathers Bowden, Bishop, and Mr. Holleran arrived at R's home, right? And oh, also, guys, yeah, throughout the diary, it's it's R, right? So it's it's for Robbie or Richard or, or Roland or whatever. Yeah, they're right? trying to protect his identity. Yeah, which just, like, go whole hog. Say Q. <laughs> Say X. Say the boy. <laughs> right. At Billy Billigan's home. At Billy Billigan's home. Yeah. Right. Go Billigan's. Right. Uh, no. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fathers Bowden, Bishop, and Mr. Holleran arrived at R's home between 9 and 9.30 p.m. R's father had flown in from Maryland because of the extraordinary events of the preceding evening. R declared that he was very sleepy about 9 p.m. His parents helped him to get ready for bed, but had difficulty in keeping him awake long enough to remove his clothes. R fell into a deep tantrum sleep as on the previous night. It was necessary for the father and uncle to hold him with considerable force because of his tirade. By means of holy water and several sharp slaps on the boy's face, Father Bishop, who was blessing him frequently with holy water, R spit directly into the faces of his father and mother and his uncle. His eyes were shut tight, but he was able to aim well, nor did he know that he was fighting with those who held him. He fell exhausted after each ordeal, but yet his pulse did not vary from normal. There were no scratches clawed upon the boy's body in the course of the evening, but the thrashing action was every bit as severe as it was on the preceding night. The threats to those who were holding R were not vulgar, yet were loud and eerie. Occasionally, R hummed a little tune or sang phrases from Swanee River. His melody was false and the pitch was extremely high. Sleep came to R at 1.30 a.m. Then the fathers departed. So, interesting little thing here, mm-hmm. because I have read other accounts where it said he sang in a beautiful voice, which was unusual for him. Yes, that's actually later on in the same, in the same notebook. Oh, okay. So they're setting yeah. it up. They're like, yeah. oh, but before it was, yeah, it was ugly and high. Sometimes it's ugly and high, and sometimes it's really beautiful. And it seems like that when he is awake, later on they they seem to make the conjecture that when he is awake in himself, he sings badly, and then when he is possessed uh, or under control of the demon, he he sings nicer. Jeez, thanks, mom. Um, <laughs> right. They'll also argue that he um, that he knows songs that he wouldn't know. He knows sort of Catholic hymns as opposed to Lutheran hymns. Interesting. Um, and okay. that he, uh, when he's awake, Robbie claims not to know the Blue Danube waltz, but when he is the devil, he does. Okay. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Firstly. Yes. Keenan, mm-hmm. ask me if I've read the book The Exorcist. Have you read the book The Exorcist? No. <laughs> Saying that you don't know something is the easiest lie. Uh, he would also have to have avoided. Is it about Keenan? Is this is this book about um, somebody going to get an X-ray? I don't, I don't know. know. I've never read this book. <laughs> right. For for him not to know Swanee the River, blue... Swanee River. For Robbie also to not know the Blue Danube waltz would mean he would have to have oh, ignored very popular media that I'm sure as a 13 year old boy in 1949, he would be familiar with. Mm, 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 yeah. mm, and as you point yeah. out, people lie. <laughs> <laughs> not just, not just demons folks, <laughs> but just regular folks. You don't have lie. to be the father of lies in order to claim you've never heard a song before. No, no, you can work your way up. <laughs> okay, <great. laughs> 
Okay, let's get back to this diary. Let's right. get, uh, spooky time. Okay, okay here we okay, go. Okay, spooky, spooky. <clears throat> Friday, March 18th. R had a spell about 1 p.m. His father held him tight in his arms while the mother and aunt prayed the rosary. The struggling ceased in about one hour. Fathers Bowdern, Bishop, and Mr. Halloran, S.J., arrived at R's home at 7 p.m., chatted, and played a game with R. He retired at 8.15 p.m. He prayed the rosary with the clergy at his bedside. The novena prayers to Our Lady of Fatima recited in common. Next, the fathers began the litany of the saints, as indicated in the exorcism ritual. In the course of the litany, the mattress began to shake. R was awake. The shaking ceased when Father Bowdern blessed the bed with holy water. The prayers of the exorcism were continued, and R was seized violently so that he began to struggle with his pillow and the bedclothing. The arms, leg, and head of R had to be held by three men. The contortions revealed physical strength beyond the natural power of R. R spit at the relics and at the priest's hands. He writhed under the sprinkling of holy water. He fought and screamed in a diabolical high-pitched voice. During one of his quieter reactions, he was moving his feet in a rhythmical fashion. Father Bowdern held the blessed sacrament three or four inches from the sole of the moving foot. The movement stopped on the foot which was nearer the Blessed Sacrament. This manifestation of the power of the Blessed Sacrament showed up time after time without fail. For short intervals, R became conscious, but knew very little of what had happened. He felt the pain in his arms from the strong arm tactics that he used and which were used on him. When the exorcism was taken up again, R went back into his tantrum even when he was trying to repeat some of the short prayers with Father Bowdern. R stood up in bed and fought all those around him. He jumped, shouted, and swung his fists. His face was devilish, and he snapped his teeth in fury. He snapped at the priest's hands in the blessings. He bit those who held him. By twelve midnight, there were signs of change. R stood up in bed, then he dropped to his knees and quietly went through salams. The salams were repeated four or five times. On several occasions, in the process of bowing, R said, Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us, and also repeated the words of the Hail Mary. The next stage was beating out a rhythm on the pillow, similar to the rhythm of trotting horses. Then R rose again and began his strong fight for the eviction of the devil. His gyrations were in all directions. He pulled off the upper part of his underwear. He held up his arms high above himself in supplication. Then he made as though he were trying to vomit from his stomach. His gestures moved upwards, close to his body. He seemed to try to lift the devil from his stomach to his throat. He asked that the window be opened, and then, in a happy, victorious mood, he said sweetly, He's going! He's going! And finally, there he goes. His body fell limp upon the bed in a perfectly relaxed condition. In a moment, he was normal and seemed relieved. The whole family knelt beside him and said prayers of thanksgiving. The mother was beside herself. R was asked what his experience was during the latter part of the exorcism. He said that he saw a huge, dark cloud of black vapor in front of him. A figure in black robes, cowl, and white face walked away in the cloud. R got out of bed, put on his bathrobe, and saw the fathers off. He was very happy. He seemed to have made a complete recovery at 1 a.m., and it was about 1.30 when the clergyman departed. About 2 a.m., or a little after, R felt strange sensations in his stomach, and in a few moments he began to call out fearfully, He's coming back! He's coming back! Father Bowdern was called at 3.15 a.m., and the three exorcists went back for more of the formula. No evident progress was made, and about 7.30 a.m., the boy dropped off into a natural sleep. So... Something I want to, uh, b- before we go into uh, the next reading, mm-hmm. something I want to talk about. I have heard um, other accounts where 
it seems as if he can feel the devil leaving mm-hmm. him, right? And he's saying, he's going, he's going, open the window, mm-hmm. and he vomits out the window. Yeah. So that is that is not written in here in this diary. Mm-hmm. So what do you make of that, Keenan? Like 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 which which one which like this is the diary. Yeah, this is the diary from one of the people who's in the room. So yeah, so I tend to give this one more credence. The other one sounds pretty pretty cool though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So he's going, he's going, right? And uh, they open a window and the devil uh, apparently flies out of him, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then comes back. He was, he was, he was faking. Right. So, so we have this, this diary, which I, you know, I, I would give really good credence to, right? Because it's written mm-hmm. roughly at the time. And then some of our, some of our um, other accounts are from other authors like Thomas Allen, who's writing a book later, um, right. who was also interviewing Halloran and other people, um, mm-hmm. you know, so... Who knows? Like, is it a matter of like forty-five years later, the stories change? Forty-five years later, your your memories get clearer or they get foggier. It's it's that's why we have some of this uh, dissonance. Right. right. Yes. And folks, yeah, like we mentioned later in the diary, um, he does end up singing uh, the Blue Danube, mm-hmm. the Old Rugged Cross, right? And all of these seem to be um, in either a voice different from his own or in in uh, in, in a really good singing voice. Right. So it is his voice, but it's like it's it's uh, very good. Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they also go into like his swearing. Right. So he says, like, father, mm-hmm. you stink. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And they're shocked. They're, they're, they're horrified by this kind of stuff. Yes. And then later on. Um, so so in the bishop's diary, it, it does say like, sorry, not the bishop's diary, but in mm-hmm. the reverend bishop's diary. Right. 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 It, it starts. Father bishop. Yeah. Father Bishop. It starts mm-hmm. to say like, um, yeah, that it starts off with things like he stinks. And then, you know, again, this is me. This is me commenting a little bit with my skepticism. But like mm-hmm, it starts mm-hmm. off saying, oh, he's he's saying things like you stink or or. Um, and then he gets a reaction from the priest and then he goes further, right? So like mm-hmm. that that's sort of what it feels like to me is that the more they react to his swearing, the worse it gets. And then they're like, how mm. how could a 13-year-old a boy know these words like pecker, you know, yeah. and an right. asshole and you mm-hmm. sons of bitches and bastard? Um, right. Which is, I don't know. I mean, like, I think we have this sense of, uh, you know, media sort of lies to us and says that like in black and white times, like black and white TV and black and white movies, people didn't swear and little kids behave better. That's just, right. those are just, that's just lies. That's just not correct mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, like, yes, a 13-year-old boy knew what a son of a bitch was and knew what an asshole was. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah, right? And even, I mean, like, we could we could also say, we don't we don't know this this uh, this family background. They right. could be, they could be, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, really sheltering their, mm-hmm. their only son, right? right? So so it could have been, like, you know, a rule. It's like, hey, no swearing in the house, right? You sure. Know? And so it could have been, it, the extent could have been, right, like, this stinks, mm-hmm. right, or something like right. that, right? And now, you know, he's with these priests, and he's kind of got a, you know, get out of jail free card, right. like where he can, he can, he can be the devil and he can, you know, do all this stuff. Right. He says, so, some, yeah. yeah, he says some really, really gross stuff that even today, like if a 13 year old boy said to me, I'd be offended by, um, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. We'll get to that later. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this actually got so bad that, um, Robbie's mother had to go to the doctor because mm-hmm. she was losing so much sleep. Right. Right. So yeah. So this was when the priests decided to take the boy out of the house mm-hmm. and to a hospital, right? That is not that is not to say that they were giving up on the exorcism, right. right? They simply took him to the hospital to get him out of the house and also presumably um, so that he would also have a proper medical attention mm-hmm. close at hand, right? right? Yeah. So doing this at a hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the hospital is noted down as the Alexian Brothers Hospital. Mm-hmm. Now, this hospital is notable in that historically it had been run by an order of 
of monks. Um, Some accounts say like a secret order of monks. It was very like... um, uh, protective of the of the people inside of their of their uh, privacy. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, these these were the Alexian brothers, mm-hmm. right? And this is dating back to the early Middle Ages. And the hospital is famous for also for caring for plague victims. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I kind of like that sim, uh, you know, like symbolism there, right? Again, I'm trying to turn this into like a narrative story, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Blatty like would do, right? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I'm no Blatty, but you know, <laughs> um, but like. Not only does this hospital have like, uh, you know, a history to it, right? Um, and, and a religious history at that, but it's also a, a place that, um, that, uh, that, that cares for people who uh, maybe are shunned by the rest mm-hmm. of the world, right? Right. So you got a demon in here, right? And, you know, that's, that's where you take uh, this kid, mm, right? Yeah. A supposed demon. I don't know. Right. Yeah. No. We don't know where um, he belongs, so he belongs here. That's nice. Yes. Yeah, right. Um, now, Keenan, after the events of this story, this hospital, which had survived since the early Middle Ages, had treated plague victims, suddenly takes a turn for the worst. Mm-hmm. It falls on hard times. The monks leave. It changes hands several times. The name is changed at one point to South City Hospital. Mm-hmm. And finally... This year, this month, the year of our Lord, 2023, in August, it has permanently closed. Oh, no. Okay. After a bunch of financial troubles, Mm. lawsuits, bankruptcy, and I double-checked to make sure, and yes, this is in fact the same hospital once owned by these monks. Mm -hmm. So, folks, you can check this out in the news, right? Um, South City Hospital or um, uh, I think it's like St. Alexia Hospital, right? Um, It's referred in the notes as the Alexian Brothers Hospital, right, right, in St. Louis, right? Um, This is in fact the same hospital, right? Once owned by these monks, the site of an exorcism, and now it is permanently closed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have heard, again, we're going to have to double check on this and this multi-part deep dive, right? But I have heard accounts saying that while it was still open, the room where they performed the exorcism was closed off. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? No. Okay. So just, All right. So I'm listening along. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember if I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not like conflating this with another story. Oh, well, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, yeah. So I'm just putting that mm-hmm. out there. Right. So, yeah. So, so uh, back to a time when this wasn't closed, it was owned by the monks, right? The Alexian Brothers Hospital. So Robbie is a- admitted to a room in the mental ward, right? right? Specifically in the mental ward, partially because um, they think this could be um, a-, a-, a mental problem, but also um, because it's out of the way and so he can't disturb the other patients, right? right? So there's no doorknob on the inside of the door. There are bars on the windows and it is here that they continue the exorcism. And it only gets worse from here, uh, with Robbie becoming increasingly violent, right? Uh, there comes a point where Father Bowdern decides that it would be best to have Robbie baptized. Yeah, I think that was pretty interesting. Mm, yeah. Um, so I want to read again just from, uh, from this diary here. So it says, Friday, April 1st, right? Another important day for our book readers. Mm-hmm. Um, R had been taking instructions on Catholic doctrine since Wednesday, March 23rd. Under the direction of Father McMahon, R's father and mother, leaving R's choice of religion to himself, they had agreed that R would not be confirmed in the Lutheran Church as had been planned previously. With the relapse into five days of respite, the mother, father, and R agreed that the proper thing to do was to have R baptized as a Catholic. Sponsors were picked, and the baptismal party 
was to arrive at the college church between 8 and 8.30 p.m. As the party of five relatives drove from R's home, R felt a strange sensation in his feet. There were alternations of hot and cold feelings, and then R went into one of his spells. He began saying, So you are going to baptize me, and you think you will drive me out with the Holy Communion. R grabbed the steering wheel of the automobile, and his uncle was forced to pull up to the curb in order to subdue the violence. R stiffened and fought. It was a major task to remove him from the front seat and force him into the back of the car. R's father and uncle held R in the back seat while the aunt drove. Even with careful supervision, R leapt up to seize his aunt as she drove. An interesting sidelight is that the radio in the car would not operate while R was in a spell, although it worked before and after. So yeah, so here we have another account in the diary. I have heard this in uh, other podcasts mm -hmm. um, where, yeah, so they're driving to get baptized and suddenly Robbie goes into a trance. He starts speaking as the devil mm -hmm. and he says that it won't work and he starts and he tries to, to run the whole family off the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting that because uh, Robbie was baptized as Lutheran when he was a baby, mm, so so mm. so it's interesting that the Catholics were like, "Well, we better baptize him as a Catholic," since like Robbie is becoming a Catholic, he's getting instruction in this, and um, and the thought that like the parents are asking him now, "Do you want to become a Catholic?" and that they're letting him do that. Um, well, wait a minute. So, like, because at the beginning of this entry, yeah. it said that they were leaving his choice of religion up to, to him. him. Yeah, I think it's very interesting that they're like, "Oh, you know, let this boy." But decide. you say that he was baptized. As a Lutheran? Uh, when he's a baby, yeah. Oh, okay. Like you, so you found that like that's somewhere? at the beginning of the of the bishop's diary, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. Okay. So right. So he was uh, he was baptized as a Lutheran, right? Uh -huh. So this is what the end of the April first um, of the April first entry in Bishop's diary says. So they get to the church. Luckily, they don't get all killed in this car wreck. Finally, mm -hmm. R was normal enough, uh, long enough to give the answers to the baptism. I do renounce him, etc. Uh, when mm -hmm. Father Bowdern came to the baptism proper, the physical resistance that Robbie was giving exceeded any violence of the evening. R remained mm -hmm. conscious for the words, Ego te baptizo in nomine patris. And then there was a violent upheaval. Nonetheless, mm -hmm. the baptism was completed with a, gener a generous amount of baptismal water. It seemed from the reactions that the Lutheran baptism had not been administered properly or that it had not taken effect. So that's Bishop... <laughs> Okay, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. But hey, I wait, 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 wait. I just, I, I was, I was, I was with you up until that that last. <laughs> hey, man, who, <laughs> this, who, is, this is this is Father Bishop's uh, reporting. You know, the last guy who changed your oil. I don't know what to tell <laughs> right. you, but uh, yeah, he's just saying essentially that yeah, that that this reaction that Robbie is giving them must have meant that he wasn't even baptized by the Lutherans. Wow. Even though that's on his, like he has records of that, right? His, you know, <laughs> or that the Lutheran, the Lutheran uh, pastor didn't do it right. Just, okay. Wow. This is like, <laughs> we got a boy to say, but I got to, I got to take pot shots at, uh, at the Lutherans. Yeah. Hey bro, do you even baptize bro? <laughs> Sheesh. Okay. Well, okay. So it's, yeah, I think that's just very interesting that they're like, well, he's already baptized. We're going to do it again for him. Right. Do it again. Yeah. Cause mm -hmm. he's, he's now becoming a Catholic. So yeah. With a lot of holy water mm -hmm, this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, now because, and, and also we didn't mention folks, but, um, they had to do this in, uh, because they were afraid of him desecrating the church. They actually were, they, they had to do this at the rectory next door. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if if we mentioned it on the show before. A rectory is basically like 
uh, the living quarters for a priest, mm-hmm. right? It's like it's usually located near the church, right? Historically, you know, priests are moved around a lot, mm-hmm. right? Um, so like rather than go through all the trouble of, you know, getting a house in town, I guess, you know, you you have the rectory, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, but yeah, and, and like Keenan said, they managed to get it done, right? Right. So now the next day they were to prepare him to receive the Holy Communion, mm-hmm. right? Now during this time, Robbie kept his eyes and mouth closed. Uh, during the whole ceremony. They did manage to get some of the host into his mouth, but he spit it out right. each time, right? Um, and there was there was a point where I believe in some accounts the devil even said, like, um, I will not let Robbie receive Holy Communion, mm-hmm. right? Um, that might be a little bit later um, after he's already received his first, okay. right? Um, but they, they did try this for two hours, yeah. right? He spit out two the host hours. five times. Yeesh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after which, um, and, then, and then they tried the rosary, after which Robbie was able to continue and eventually finish the rite. Right. And so this, that's what's interesting about this idea of like the parents are letting Robbie decide that he wants to convert to Catholicism. And then when they go to the rituals, he's like, you know, like throwing fits and and, and physically attacking them when they're trying to baptize him. I think that's, that's mm-hmm. interesting. So I don't know. I, I have trouble explaining that, right? Like, is that... Uh, hey, Robbie, do you want to get baptized? You know, and then he says yes. Um, and in order to throw a spectacle, right? In order to like, like get to have this, you know, if he's if he's acting out, if he's not the devil, right? right? See, that's that's where my mind mm-hmm. went. If he's really putting on a show. Right. Then he's like, oh boy, you know, uh, uh, baptism and, and communion, right? We already tried exorcism. Right. Let's do let's do all of them, right? Right. But then the other the other part of it are, are the priests hearing what they want to hear, right? So like they they report it as the parents are letting the kid decide, but is that is that really what's happening, right? As they as they're having these conversations with him, you know, are they like pressuring him or you know again not not meaning oh. to pressure him and saying like hey do you no longer want to be a lutheran like what is the 13 year old boy like like in this particular situation how does a 13 year old boy come to that conclusion especially right you know either when he's possessed or when he is doing this elaborate hoax like i, I don't know how they get this this answer from him that that yeah he wants to right. convert and so, yeah, that is that is another good point, Keenan, right? Because like this is this is this is pre 1950s, mm-hmm. right? This is 1949, right? Like, and it's it you know um, communication between you know parents and children. I mean, yeah, like, you know, yeah. It's like Father knows best, and, right. You know, and all that stuff, right? Like, so I can I can very easily see like our boy wants to be baptized, right? right? Yeah, we went and talked back there without you, priest, and he says that he wants to be a Catholic now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and if Robbie says no, it's like, no, I never said that right. or something like oh, that. Oh, that's it's not like, Robbie. That's the devil. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You, you'll, you'll thank us. This is for your own good. Right. right. It's because we said, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The plot thickens. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. After, I mean, so you're, we're reading this diary of, uh, of Father Bishop and like, you know, is how much of it is wishful thinking on the parts of him? How much is it the telephone game? Right. How much is it him being lied to? Right. And he's writing down what, you know, what other people say they've agreed upon. I mean, these, right, these are, right. this is the complications of history. Yeah. He could be recording lies that he is unaware yes, are lies. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, folks, it, again, like we're 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 not trying to disparage any of the parties involved mm-hmm. in, in here. Right. Like like we, we believe that they are trying to do the right thing. Right. right. And I think, you know, like we're all guilty of like like I don't think the human brain is capable of not 
devolving into the big fish story or the telephone mm-hmm. game, right? Right. Like, I don't think you can do that. Right. I think you know, line up, line up, uh, you know, a uh, hundred Harvard graduates, <laughs> right, and and you know, whisper something in their ear, and it's always like. Because that's just human nature, right? right? We're always gonna, we're always gonna like embellish. We're always going to see and hear what we want to see mm-hmm. and hear. We're going to interpret a situation, uh, as, you know, based on what is already inside us, right. right? Yeah. So yeah. So after this first communion, Halloran suggests that they take him to this Jesuit retreat house called White House uh, on the outskirts of St. Louis on a bluff overlooking the Mississippi River. I always forget that a bluff is a lot more dangerous than it sounds. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you know what a bluff is? No, I imagine a Billy Goat's Bluff. It's a place where the Billy Goats roll. No, that's Billy, Go- Billy Goat's Gruff. <laughs> that's not Are even you a thing. sure? Yeah. Am I having a Mandela effect? <laughs> is no. This the fallible nature of memory sure. right here I'm on the go on record right, right now. <laughs> After you said all that. The fallible nature of man, the fallible nature of Lester. <laughs> no, about me. Are you sure? No. Billy Goat Gruff? What, what the hell out. is that? <laughs> Check, check that out first because that's the more what important the thing. What the hell even is that? <laughs> and then check out a Google image of Bluff. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> Billy Goat's Bluff. Billy Goat's Bluff is a mountain range in high con- uh, canyons in western Otomania. Is okay, that a real place? Okay, forget that. Forget that. Forget that. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's Otomania a real place? Of course where, they would call something Billy I? Goat's Bluff because it <laughs> rhymes with Billy Goat's Gruff, so, okay. which is the real thing. So what I've discovered is that Bill, the Billy Goat's Gruff means that these are three Billy Goats who are themselves gruff. C- correct. So they are they're the three grumpy Billy Goats, essentially. Yes. <laughs> It is it it's it's the tale of the Billy Goat's gruff. <laughs> the Billy Goats who are grump or who are gruff. Yes. Do, do you I, know this tale and, with the troll who lives under the bridge yes, and all that? And apparently okay. I have misunderstood this my entire life <laughs> for 40 years essentially, where I thought that this is the story of them <laughs> rolling down this bluff with each other and having a <laughs> lovely time. <laughs> oh, it, it's well the Billy Goat's bluff. Yeah. Put aside. I know. I know you're. I know you're slowly working through uh, our book, The Exorcist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But just just there. to give yourself just to give yourself a little sampler mm-hmm. of of how terrible the real world is. <laughs> just take a dri- take a trip down uh, uh, Billy Goat's Gruff Lane and read that story. I do remember that. Yeah, he eats two of the three of them. I imagine. <laughs> No, he doesn't. Well, no, I'm, well, you're just going to have to, to find, find out. how it happens next Don't time. Don't take my word. Yeah, next Billy time. Goat's Gruff. Well, anyways, now I've looked at a bluff, and a bluff is a high ridge over like treacherous yeah. land. It looks like. Yeah. See, I thought a bluff. Mm-hmm. See, that's what that's what comes to mind when you think a cliff. <laughs> Right. Yeah, a bluff is where billy goats wrestle each other and <laughs> and sit in their backs looking gonna, up at the sky and giving up on that telling each other what the clouds look like <laughs> that's a bluff a bluff, bluff a bluff sounds like it is it is covered in soft clover yeah exactly with rounded edges <laughs> where if you fell off of a bluff you would you would like you say you would roll down <laughs> But right, not, not happily though. It's like up, oh, up. Oh, there goes Billy Goat one, and he just rolls like blah, 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 right. You know, no, I imagine it's like oh Billy, I love rolling down the bah. bluff with you. Bah. I love this Billy. Oh, I love you too, Billy. Blah. Yeah, but what it actually is is a deception. <laughs> it is it is another word for a for a a a precipitous, treacherous drop. Mm-hmm. 
dangerous, fatal. This is, I did not know this about bluffs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? I have been, I have, so you've been wrong about the Billy Ghost bluff. <laughs> I have been wrong about bluffs in general. Yes. <laughs> right? Good. I did not know that they were deadly cliffs. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that's what a bluff is. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where they go. Um, it's, it's, they, they go to this, this, um, this Jesuit retreat. It's named White House. Again, mm-hmm. not confusing at all. We got Father Bishop. <laughs> Going to White House, <laughs> which is on a bluff <laughs> overlooking the Mississippi River. Great. Right? M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-S. Infiliate Spirito Sancti. So the next documented event is that they're there. So we don't we don't have like anything like they traveled to the place. They're just there. Right. Right. As far as I know. Now, when they're there, Halloran is walking Robbie through the grounds. They're walking through these statues, which are representing the stations of the cross, mm-hmm. right? In some accounts, it says that Robbie became obsessed as he looked at the statues. Um, I'm not sure what that means, whether it means obsessed in like a good way, like entranced by them, mm-hmm. or like he fixated on them in fear or anger. It mm-hmm. doesn't right. really say. Right. Okay. So, so for folks who are unfamiliar, um, the Stations of the Cross. Uh, apparently, it, is this, is this a Catholic thing, or or is it is it in all Christian? Um, I I know them mostly in Catholic churches because of the artwork there. I'm not sure about other denominations. Okay. All right. Um, well, folks, l- let us know right right in. Um, it, now, so it is uh, as as Keenan uh, pointed out. Right. It is a series. It is a series of uh, of artworks of either statues or carvings um, depicting um, the the uh, kind of like highlighting uh, Jesus's, um, I guess, uh, going to the cross. Yeah, his right? his uh, yeah. Like yeah, in, so, in my Catholic church growing up, it was um, in stained glass. Oh yeah. Okay. So we have we you can have the depictions in stained glass. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe in my church it was. Um, not paintings, but they were like, um, uh, it, it sounds so um, blasphemous to say mm-hmm. 3D pictures, but like- it's, Oh yeah, they're it, like bar like reliefs. Car- yeah, mm-hmm. right? Like they're, yeah, bar relief. That, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right? But it's like, it's, it's uh, and, and it goes as follows, right? So num- the first station is Jesus is condemned to death. So you get a picture of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he is made to bear his cross. That's the, the, the second one. Third one is he falls for the first time. That's very important. Um, fourth one is he meets his mother mm-hmm. on the way. Uh, 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 fifth one is um, Simon of Syrian is made to bear the cross, right? Uh, six is uh, Veronica wipes Jesus's face. Seven, he falls for a second time. Eight is the woman, the women of Jerusalem weep over him. Uh, nine, he falls a third time. Ten, he is stripped of his garments. Eleven, he is nailed to the cross. Twelve, he dies on the cross. Thirteen, he is taken down from the cross. Fourteen, he is placed in the sepulcher, uh, the, in the tomb. Um, and 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 yeah, so that is it. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, really? Uh, there's no there's no fifteen. <laughs> That's it because he's off the cross. Wait, what? It's about the cross. But but that. <laughs> That's the most important one. <laughs> no, it's not there. That's that doesn't that doesn't involve the cross. But, but okay, it doesn't technically involve the cross. <laughs> but how do you not make a fifteenth station? <laughs> the rest of the church is the fifteenth station. 
I, I swear, growing up, I there there must have been someone must have taken some liberties or something to, to, to make some, up a, some complaints, some some strongly worded letters. It's like this is where it ends <laughs> on a cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So so those are the stations, mm-hmm. right? So now, according to Halloran, when they reach the twelfth station. Mm-hmm. And that, folks, is is the one where Jesus dies on the cross, mm-hmm. remember? That's when Robbie bolts. He runs away from Halloran, heading straight for that bluff, which we now know <laughs> is not a... Well, it is a bluff. Mm-hmm. But a bluff is a bluff because that bluff is a cliff. <laughs> I thought this would be a dramatic thing, but this stupid bluff punnery is... is <laughs> I'm sorry that the bluff is such a silly word. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, like serious time. So he he sees Jesus mm-hmm. dying on the cross, and he runs. He runs for the edge of that cliff, mm-hmm. right? Halloran calls out. Robbie doesn't answer, so Halloran runs after him. Right. And again, according to Halloran, he has to dive, and he tackles Robbie just in time. They are at the edge of this cliff, and Halloran is certain. He recounts later, he is certain that Robbie was trying to jump off, mm-hmm. right? And he gets these chills thinking, like, what if I had been too late, mm-hmm. right? But as soon as he's got him pinned to the ground, Robbie wakes up with no recollection of anything. Doesn't know where he is or how he got there, why he is lying at the edge of this cliff, why Halloran is uh, holding him down. In fact, um, he even says, it's like, why are you holding me down? Mm-hmm. So he has no recollection at all. Mm-hmm. And folks, I told you that this episode was going to end on a cliffhanger. And I was being very, very literal, <laughs> right? I guess we, I guess we say this is a bluff hanger, right? Right. Yeah. A bluff rolly downer. <laughs> no. So, Will there be so, billy coats in our next episode? <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. Please, please let there be billy goats. We need some billy goats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, that is all of my notes for this episode. Keenan, is there anything else that we got? No, I think we got it. All right. Folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I have been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Dias. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. Yep, we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join and we'll let you in here with us. Thank you so much to everyone who has shared the show by word of mouth or on social media. And a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star ratings on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to our show. We really appreciate it. That's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. I'm getting really good at that. It's, it's almost, I can do this almost as fast as the Hail Mary, right? Which again, if you're Catholic, if you grew up, you can you can do the Hail Mary like boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. You know, like bada bing, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, folks, we want to say thank you again for sticking with us, even though we're not talking about the movie at this time. We promise we're not going anywhere. We will start up our normal movie episodes after we have won this strike. Um, and we have episodes in the can, but we are standing in solidarity with SAG-AFTRA and the WGA. And uh, folks, in the last episode, we mentioned uh, how you can uh, help with the WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes, right? The best uh, way is to go to SAGAFTRA.org. They have news. They have FAQs about what you can and can't do during the strikes if you're an artist, um, as well as what you can do to help. They also have resources, picket schedules, social media toolkits. Uh, I'll post a link in our listener group. So if you can get out there and march, please do. If not, please spread the word. And uh, at the very least... Because, of, because we are who we are, let us all pray for a swift and decisive victory. 
Okay. Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Okay. Folks, until next time, the The power power of strike strike compels you. you.